Hello and welcome to Hammock Stories, a podcast for people seeking inspiration while on their journey to finding identity, meaning, and community. Every week, your hosts, Tu and Chenny, will be asking an everyday hero to join us in our hammock and share their personal story of how they've arrived at themselves. Slow it down. Nothing to do, abandon the cars, map our way with the stars. This week, we're excited to host Riley McKenzie on our hammock. She's an up-and-coming artist and actor here in Toronto. From this episode, Riley shares her story of childhood trauma and the impact of her mother passing away suddenly from cancer when she was 18. She shares how improv and therapy has helped her heal and relearn how to trust life and let go. Riley's an expert on showing up with lightness and positive energy regardless of where she goes. Welcome to Hammock Stories. Thank you for having me. It's a very cozy hammock. Yeah, and the blanket you have on. Okay. Even cozier. (laughs) All right. So we wanted to invite you here. Um, Hammock Stories is all about bringing everyday heroes that we know in our life and kind of sharing some of their untold stories about who they are and kind of where they, how they got to um, here. And the reason why I think you're an everyday hero is um, I've met you twice now and it's, it's, you're, you're super young and you're super wise. And um, yeah, and, and the way you show up with your artist art all kinds of creative expression made me really curious to put you in this hammock to learn a little more. I'm flattered, thank you. (laughs) All right, so yeah, Riley, maybe you can tell us a little bit about where you grew up and and how how you got here. Okay, jokey, ooh, there's lots. Okay, so born and raised, well not born, but raised in Brampton, Ontario. Yeah, so You're a local. Local, GTA baby. <laughs> um, yeah, not eventful, not an eventful city. Always kind of like hungry to leave ever since I was little. Um, yeah, grew up with a single mom, little brother. Um, what else is interesting? Where did the art come from? Oh, I don't know. Just always been like creatively driven. Like all throughout high school, I did acting and stuff. Like I worked at an agency. Like I did like my, not volunteer, like when you, you're in school and you do co-ops and you like work on the job. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to work in an agency so I can learn about acting and the business and whatnot. So that was tons of fun. And I loved coming to the city. And my mom was obviously not about it for like a 14, 15 year old. And I'd always just like sneak out and then she'd be like, where are you? Like, I'm on the go bus to Toronto. I'm going to an audition. She's like, what are you doing? But she'd like be upset, but she knows that I like have a good head on my shoulders for like Mm -hmm. a youngster and I could like navigate. And I like had a good, like very street smart kind of could say. So yeah, there was that. So that was something I was super passionate about. Like, 
I remember like uh, the first performance I did. I was six years old and it was, we were just doing a, a little performance of Robert Munch's book, uh, Mortimer Be Quiet, or Mortimer, I think it's called. And I played the mom and I was just like on the stage in front of like half the school or the entire school auditorium. My line was Mortimer, be quiet. And then everyone just like laughed. And I was like always very shy and quiet. And to get that sort of reaction from a group of strangers was amazing. I think that's gonna be my next tattoo. I've been like thinking about that for a while. Mm. So I'll get like Mortimer, be quiet. And maybe like an illustration from the book. Mm. And Robert Munch, it's amazing. Why do you think that moment was so meaningful to you? Um, I think it was like a really, hmm. I think it was just like heard and I got like a positive reaction and like brought joy to people. I was like, they're all laughing. I'm like, oh, I mm. can make this entire audience laugh. And I was super nervous and I was just like, I don't know, it was just like, something I never experienced before and felt, mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted to continue to feel it. Mm. Can you describe what the feeling is like? Mm. I'd say, I don't know. It's like feeling rewarded for something you feel like you put no, well, there's effort, but there isn't like a draining effort mm. that goes into it. It just mm -hmm. feels like there's as much output as there is input and it's just like a flow that just keeps going and you don't feel tired or just like you don't think about it. I don't know. It's just like really nourishing, a nourishing feeling. I feel like I'm nourishing. And effortless. Yeah, effortless nourishment. It's very just like natural. So you mentioned your mom a little <laughs> bit. Can you tell us a little more? Sure. So my mumsy uh, passed away seven years and a couple days ago wow yeah and that was cancer it was kind of it was real sneaky kind of came mm -hmm. out of nowhere misdiagnosed for a couple months and then after we found out it was kind of too late and that was like that that happened when I was 18 wow and so prior to her being sick our relationship was like in a really good place because um when I was 15, her husband, well, like, before they officially got married, kind of, like, came from Jamaica and was, like, we're used to the dynamic of me, my little brother, my mom. And then there's this guy now who's going to, like, be in our family and he's like, <laughs> going to play dad. And it was just very uncomfortable. Mm. And, yeah, it was just, like, jarring experience mm. for myself. And this man, I, I, I can always see, like, the positive of the, like the most evil people or like just where it came from. But this man is like the worst person I've met in my entire life. Oh, no wow. exaggeration, no. no exaggeration. I'll just say while my mother was dying, he got another woman pregnant oh. and I'll leave it there. There's more stuff to it, but that's like the icing on the cake yeah. type thing. That's just his character. And I just, like, knew. I was very intuitive. I feel like I'm trying to get back into, like, my natural state of intuitiveness. But as a youngster, I knew when he, like, showed up. I'm like, this guy, not here mm. for the right reasons. Mm. Hashtag bachelorette. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, and so I was, like, trying to communicate with that with her, and me and my mom, we never were, like, we never talked about feelings very much. We, like, knew we love each other, blah, blah, blah. We we're more, like, silly. That's how we, like, kind of connected. Um, but it was really hard for me to, like, eventually just say, I don't think this guy is right for you. And I still remember the phone call. And I told her, and she's like, you're selfish, blah, blah, blah. I'm happy. And it's like, at this, like, I know he's, like, gross. I don't like him. He's not a great person. But also, my mom, she just wanted this. Or she has this, like, image of what her life was to be and how it's to unfold. And she keeps saying she wants to have another kid and blah, 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 and praying about it and all this stuff. And this guy shows up, and it's just, like, he's not good enough for you, and I feel like you're amazing. And she just didn't, I guess, feel that. Um... Maybe because a couple of years prior, when I was 11, she was in a car accident and just had some, like, back issues and became depressed. But I don't think she realized she was depressed and she didn't really mm. get treatment for it, especially with us having a Caribbean background. Mental health isn't, like, uh, it's kind of... Dinner conversation. No, yeah, and it's stigmatized heavily or just isn't something, yeah, that they openly discuss. And... So seeing that at the time, I didn't realize it was, like, depression. But when I got older mm-hmm. and went through my own depression or, like, experienced my own depression, I realized, like, oh, that's what that was. So she went through that state, and then she probably just didn't feel as good as she was and then ended up with this guy. And then our relationship was kind of strained, but it was getting better. And then she passed. So... Mm-hmm. That was just, like, a very scary and new experience, but I was always used to, like, dealing with things on the fly and, like, dealing with them independently. And so I was so excited to move to the city. People kind of said, don't leave, blah, blah, And no one really was, like, reaching out to support me. Just They are just kind of saying, like, oh, don't, don't move out and, like, don't spend all your money and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like... And if I were in the situation that they were in, if a young person just lost their parent, I would have been more hands-on. Mm-hmm. But I didn't experience that, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. Part of character development, whatnot. So moved, go through my own depression. This is at 18. 18. Yeah, I moved not too far from here. I lived in a building just, like, around the corner. Gorgeous view. I was super happy. I got what I, like, wanted since I was, like, 14. My own apartment in the city. Things were grand. Not really. And my main problem then, I was like, okay, I have my apartment. I'm away from, like, stress and just, like, a not healthy home dynamic. What's next? What do I do? What? How do you live life? I was always thought, I was like, I need a book that just shows me how to like live your life. Cause everything I know or have known is gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do I do? And so that kind of continues the depression spiral. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to school. Just cause like, that's what you're supposed to do. Though school wasn't my thing. Mm. But I like went to school for art and design, dropped out, but still pursued my creative education. Just like an alternative girl style, just like working on to be full. And that was roaring. But 
Yeah. So acting, back to that. That was huge for me. That, And I realized after my mom had passed, just being in acting classes just didn't feel the same. I didn't feel it wasn't as rewarding. And what I realized most was, like, I could not be emotional. I couldn't express emotion. Mm. And I didn't know that's what it was at the time. I was just like, it just doesn't feel right. I just feel like a block of concrete. And lucky for me, I got like a really nice therapist for four years and did a lot of work. And she made me realize that I had a very traumatic childhood. Like there's a whole bunch of other stuff. I won't go into detail, but yeah, abuse and neglect, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was just used to so much trauma and stress that, oh, where am I going with this? That, oh yes, so like my childhood years, I thought I was like, okay, yeah, I know all this bad stuff happened, but whatever, I like brush it off and I like move on and like complete the task and whatnot. And it's not gonna have like a negative impact on me. But I realized it's like, oh no, I learned this, this dynamic and then I like carry on as I'm older and like kind of repeat it or fall into like the patterns established when I was young. And so learning to undo that or just notice it is like something of importance to me over the last little while. And not even changing it now because I focused a lot on changing. I like I read all the health, self-help stuff. I do all the meditating. I do all the visualizing, the journaling, whatnot. I'm just like, pinpointing, okay, this is what's wrong. This is the opposite of that, let's do that. But then like everyone can continue that cycle and then it's like draining and you kind of lose a sense of self because you're just trying to be this like perfect person or think that like becoming mm-hmm. this or living this way or doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You're always fixing solve. something. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, is a draining in and of itself, which has in the place I'm in now, I'm trying to just like allow and observe and just like, okay, this yeah. is a thing yeah. that I do, or this is a thing I experience, or this is how I experience the situation. And just like allow and not judge, not be so critical. So it sounds like a big shift happened. Yeah. And could you tell us a bit more around like when that shift happened and how it happened? Was it was it with your mom's passing or um or after or I feel the like, not even after the passing, just like a while after the passing when it just felt like life was just like a gray, Mm. continuous thing. And there was like, and I just felt like, what's the point? What, what is the point of life? And then I kind of was like, well, it's going to vary for each individual. And I've always been kind of like more spiritual and just like think think of things like a little like I don't know how to describe it but I grew up in a very religious household and mom was like a big time Christian and just like being in church at like 11 or like my early teens I was just aware that like people in the congregation will like engage in things that weren't like Christian values and like coming to church on Sunday or just like older church aunties, I'd be around them and they'd be gossiping. I'm like, hey, aren't we not supposed to gossip or swearing and stuff? Like we're not allowed to swear. And I remember I was like, I can't even say hell or heck. And I'm just like, and I was very 
critical with myself and then I realized this thing that I'm like that I don't know I hold so dear I don't hold dear just like been taught and I see contradicted all the time it just like made me question stuff though I did have like my own faith I just don't think it's Christianity yeah and the box of like religion is just like yeah, it doesn't define me. So what, practice. what has come up for you of the question, like, why why are you living? Like, what's this life for for you? Oh, for me? Ooh. As of late, I'm trying not to just, like, put it in a box. Yeah. But I feel like just, like, creative connection mm. and just kind of, like, letting life do its thing and not trying to control everything. Not, I love writing lists and just, like, details and like okay I'm good at this I'm good at this I'm good at this therefore I have to do this 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 and this but there's so much beauty in just like letting go and just letting things play out and like yeah you get to like I don't know I still don't know but I'm working on being okay with not knowing and I feel like once I'm okay with not knowing every day doesn't become like okay complete all these things so you're the optimal person and it's just like how am I experiencing these things or how am I experiencing the moment? And I think once I'm like improve that, I feel like life won't feel like such like a race that I'm losing. Yeah. I mm-hmm. feel. It's funny. I mean. Or a race at all. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. like, why does it feel like a race? Wow. This unknown thing. I feel like it's been a lifetime thing for me mm-hmm. and. I'm still not there yet. It's <laughs> this um, embracing the unknown. Like, it's on the quotes and all these things. It just feels, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. But, like, to actually do it, mm-hmm. to, to be like, oh, man, like, nothing's worked out. Like, mm-hmm. thing, people pass, um, things happen, and you have, like, no control. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very, it's interesting. But every time it's happened, at least in my experience, it's been the most beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the unknown has been way better than the known. Um, how, how Has that showed up for you? Oh, yes. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. What, um, I think back to what you were saying about when my shift started. Mm-hmm. After, like, the near the end of me living solo, after moving to the city, I decided to start improv classes. Because for acting, they always say, okay, actors, it's good to take improv every once in a while just to, like, make yourself good on the fly. So I'm like, okay, I'll start with this. This, is, this isn't as structured as like a regular acting class. I won't get sides and stuff. I feel like that's too overwhelming for me. So I'll try improv. And like, let me change my life. I feel like improv should be like taught in schools. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a performance practice, but it's so spiritual at the same time that most people don't see it that way. Because the premise, basically, you get into this group with these people you don't know, usually. If it's like a class, sometimes people are in troops, but whatnot. And you just have to be present and build on what you were given. And that's like what life is. <laughs> yeah. In the present moment, here's this thing, here's a situation you have to deal with. And it's like, okay. And then you go in with like the mindset. It's like, okay, who's this character? What's my objective? And the main, or one of the like, the foundations of improv is yes and. Mm -hmm. So you're given a situation, yes and. Someone tells you something, yes, and I love soccer. Let's go to this thing. And it's, you have to keep it positive too. Because if you watch a scene and someone's just negating someone or like blocking 
what they're trying to build. It doesn't go anywhere and it's yeah. not good and it's not rewarding. And yeah, so lots of people think improv is just like about comedy, but it's more about being present than the comedy and the good stuff comes from. Just being present and allowing and just letting go of control. And so, yeah, that changed my life. And then I like met a partner in a class and we were together for like three years. Aww. And yeah, it was sweet. He's, he's a lovely guy. Anyway, yeah, so it just like kind of like turned my life around and just like helped me in my day-to-day life. And it's just like really fun practice. Mm-hmm. Was improv natural in the beginning or was it like completely Ooh. unnatural? It's just like you feel very vulnerable because it's like usually a group of strangers and you just have to get up and say something and you're kind of worried. You're like, I want this to make sense. I want people to not think I'm stupid or I don't want to mm-hmm. just stand here and like have no words come out of my mouth. And when you, after, at first, when you, before you start, you're just, like, nervous, and you don't want to go, and you don't want to do anything, but it's really fun, because when you first start, it's, like, just a lot of games, like, really friendly stuff, it's, like, oh, what's your name, okay, Tim Riley, okay, and then we, like, just look eye to eye, there's lots of eye contact, yeah. and stuff, and then you just kind of, like, trust each other, and that's another huge component of improv, is trust, developing trust, it's, like, trusting strangers, how often do you get to trust a group of strangers, and, there's just like, when you're in that situation, people usually all have your back. Mm-hmm. And the best scenes and the best, yeah, improvisation work, there's just like a foundation of trust. So, would you say that you trust life now? <gasps> Ooh, that's a good one. I should more. Oh my, I should. That why can't I, why can't I just do, oh my gosh. I think just being honest, I can like literally feel this like in the in my bed. Ah. I recently like told was told it's like okay when you're experiencing a feeling, try to identify where it is in your body mm-hmm. and kind of like the color. And so like the behind my heart, I guess is like kind of like a green. It's like a really deep green. There's like a bit of like lighter parts to it, and it feels heavy, but it feels like it's getting lighter. Mm. And so, yeah, I I feel like when you say that, that brings up feelings of like me trying to block some, just like block negative things that could happen or just like being prepared, kind of bracing myself mm-hmm. for like the next terrible turn or whatnot. But why don't I just like trust life and not feel I have to control everything? Well, another question along those lines is, what do you trust about life? Uh, ooh, what do I trust? Ooh, nature, plants, there's like cycle of mm. the seasons. Mm-hmm. I find that very grounding. It's soothing, right? Yeah, yeah. especially when you just get like, caught up in life and all the things that aren't just like natural, and then you just look at a tree. <laughs> Just look at a tree and you know in the winter it's going to be barren mm-hmm. and it's going to just be doing nothing for months and months and months. And then we have this little buds that start in spring and the bountiful, luscious greenery in the summer. And then it just starts to relax and shed and get rid of what it doesn't need in the spring. And there's like a cycle that continues to go and it was started and was going before I was alive and it'll continue after I die. And it's just simple 
but like so meaningful because like you breathe and the CO2 from plants and stuff. Mm. Yeah, nature. Yeah, nature is always something good to just like refer to in times of like distress and confusion. And just like, and it's happy. Oh, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just love greenery. I'm looking at a plant right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what struck me about you and why you're on this hammock is just, I, it, it feels to me like all that early childhood stuff that you had to go through and <laughs> the traumatic loss of your mom has made you into this like really light, like you showed up at my house so that you didn't know anybody <laughs> to come sit for an hour. And you showed up at Moss Park to paint a girl's face and you've never painted so- someone's face before. And so I, that quality of trust in life, I, it, you embody it so well mm-hmm. is, yeah. I thought I'd want to talk to you. Oh, thank you. I I also love that, that, you know, when you're talking about improv, it's like this delicate balance between being vulnerable and trusting in it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when I hear you say that, it's almost like the vulnerable, the the possibilities of things going wrong is like also so similar in terms of how you're describing like the defense mechanism for life in Mm -hmm. terms of preventing the things that go wrong. Mm -hmm. It makes me think like how... How can we be more vulnerable to life? Mm. Mm. That's a good one. I don't know. I feel like just step outside of your comfort zone in like tiny increments. Mm. Just like, and do things that don't like have like a foreseen benefit. Like, Mm. interesting. Instead of like, okay, today I'll do this thing. Oh my gosh, my phone is buzzing. I'm sorry, let me stop that. I don't want it to pick up. Oh, it's my grandpa. Oh, we'll touch on that after. Oh, that's really sweet. Um, sorry. So, um, so for all, yeah, introducing like vulnerability in our day to day. Yeah, just like small things. If you're not a person that like says hello to strangers, just like do a friendly smile. And it's not necessarily the act, it's like what happens after the act. Cause you like experience all these new feelings. Mm. And you're like, oh, well that felt like strange, that felt forced, but then you feel like really good. It's like, oh, they smiled, I smiled. There's no expectations after we just keep going our way. Maybe we'll never see each other again, but it's like we had that like positive exchange that will probably have like a domino effect and then like they'll go and feel like a little good too. They'll go to see someone else, maybe their family or they'll pass someone else on the street and just kind of goes and it keeps growing or keeps growing until like a little like a seed. Like a little seed. Yeah, just like germinating like positivity. We're going back to plants, guys. Plant. Yeah. Oh, we love plants. <laughs> we love plants. <laughs> all of us love plants. Holy. Plants are gorgeous. And there's more plants outside. <laughs> Everyone, we just need, everyone needs a plant. Plant babies. <laughs> plant babies. But back to vulnerability. Um, yeah, I feel like, hmm. Yeah, I just say if you're like feeling lost and confused and out of control, lean into the lack of control and just kind of like fall into the abyss and let it do. Okay, how do you do that? How do you do that? Ooh, me personally? Yeah. Because mm. it sounds hard. Mm. I'd say just putting myself in new situations. I like, 
going to like a meditation group, like how I met you two, just, just showing up, just showing up in any capacity, mm-hmm. just showing up and just being present, whether it's like physically or like in your head. So there's like the, some quote from some filmmaker or something. I should look at this quote up instead of just like spurting it. But he's like, 99% of the work is just showing up or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And that's so true because once you're present or you've shown up, say to like a new sport you want to try and you're really nervous, well, just show up and say, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it, but at least you like gave it a try. Gave it a try and you got there. And hey, maybe it's like good. And it's like you meet someone new, you meet the love of your life, you develop a new skill, mm-hmm. or you just have a good time. It's like you never know what it'll lead to. Exactly. And just being curious, just being curious about the unknown. Mm. And like playing into that in small increments and then eventually that muscle will build. And then you can do riskier things. Like a thing on the brain for me is converting a van and just like traveling across mm-hmm. the Americas. That'd be cool. Is that what you're going to be up to? Oh, <laughs> let's hope. I'd like to do it. Maybe in a year. We'll see. So so the sense of like trust in the unknown that you've you're cultivating. Mm-hmm. How did you learn that? Hmm. I guess from just being like maybe just being a loner growing up. Just being put in situations that required my vulnerability, I guess. And mm-hmm. like my uncertainty and my curiosity and just like not having someone to guide me through something just like the acting stuff I did most of that independently I'd go to like shoots and stuff by myself and like um when you're like under 16 like I was doing like background work and that was so fun and fascinating and you couldn't be on set by yourself if you were under 16 and I just remember forging like signatures just saying yeah I have permission to be here and stuff like that so I think yeah, my independence and knowing that if I want to get something and it's, I only have me to rely on, I'm going to have to be uncomfortable mm. to like enter a new space or learn something new. And then especially after my mom's passing, then I was like, okay, now for sure I'm in the unknown because like that was my life and like living back home and that dynamic. And now it's like, okay, you're off. Mm. Live, do what you must. And just like, Going to, like, a typical job, I know I won't last. I've tried it so many times. Just leaving, getting fired all the time. So I'm like, okay, a typical job isn't for me. Then what do I do? And it's just been a roller. Not a roller coaster, but I know that there's a lot of unknown in my path. And I feel like my muscle has strengthened. So So we're writing... Um, we're getting to our time. One of the things that struck me about our previous conversation was about this whole, actually you were the one who told me and I've been thinking about it, um, is this whole seven years thing. Mm. The magic of it's been seven years, mm-hmm. our whole bodies and cells regenerate. Um, so you're a whole new person this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since the past and I realized it in like the spring, the summer, so it's like, Things just feel new. I just feel like a new person. And I bumped into a friend just on a walk. And then we were hanging out on our porch. And I told her that. Just like, oh, it's been so many years since my mom passed. And, like, things are feeling really good. She's like, yeah, don't you know? Like, 
after seven years, your body is like completely regenerated all the cells and whatnot. And I'm like, so I'm literally a completely new <laughs> physical body yeah. as well as just like mentally as well. A new plant. And my- sorry. A new plant. <laughs> a new plant, yep. Oh, a seven year plant. <laughs> oh my gosh, if you got like a new plant every seven years, that'd be cute. <laughs> so who are you now? Ooh. Who am I now? Mm. An older, wiser plant. <laughs> older, wiser plant. A new plant. Um, I say I'm whatever I need to be on the day in the moment. And yeah. Tried painting myself into like the ideal box of what I like should be. And yeah, no. It's because I'm everyone's constantly evolving. Nothing is static. Everything's always moving. So if I'm just like embrace change, then yeah. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give that girl seven years ago? Ooh. I'd say It's okay to feel, and I shouldn't, and you, little me, shouldn't regard yourself as like a robot or, yeah, and not just look to accomplish things and just serve others, but also serve yourself and and play and be okay with making mistakes and don't think it's the end of the world and yeah have a little more fun laugh a little more mm-hmm. and don't hide your laugh yeah be as wild as you want to be be you yeah <laughs> i can't imagine you without laughing oh like, my god <laughs> is this new Kind of, sort of. I'm still, sometimes I still feel like, oh, I'm a little too happy, a little too jolly right now. Is that appropriate in this space? But then I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I always do one of those. Yeah, smells are essential. I don't feel like people smile enough and laugh enough. Was there a start, like, would you say that you started um, feeling Maybe emotions? like the past, ooh, feeling stuff. Um, I'd say, yeah, like over the past like year, I'd be like, okay, what's the feeling? I'm like, I haven't felt this thing in a long time. Everything just feels like kind of like flatlined. I'm like, what does feeling really excited and feeling just like in the moment? And then I started like realizing, okay, what makes me feel that way? And improv was one of them, though I kind of like ignored going. I'm like, oh, there's no practical application for this in my life right now, so I'm not gonna do it not everything has to be like practical and lead to something else so I've just been kind of tuning in until what makes me feel just like awake and following that and following that and sometimes like romantically that could lead to like oh confusion and an achy breaky heart 
But then I'm like, okay, feel this fully, feel this fully. That's like my challenge to myself if I'm feeling something bad. And I was like, okay, sit here, feel this fully and completely. And when you allow that, or when I've allowed that in my experience, it's not as overwhelming and not as daunting. And usually it's just out of your system much faster. And it's like, it never even happened. Whereas pretending it's not there, it's like, you know, it's there, but you're like backs turned. And it's like, it's like a monster that grows and grows and grows. If you're supposed to turn around and look at it, it will shrink and then it'll almost like leave or disappear. And then you learn something about yourself. You become a plant pet. Plant pet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you become your own little plant pet. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for really having me. Yeah. Your cozy habit. And I see a big smile for our listeners. Yeah. Your Cozied up in the hammock with a big smile. Fuzzy blankie, too. I love a good blankie. (laughs) A superior blankie. Thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you for having me. Really nice. Really lovely. Sleeping is nothing to do